welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are on episode number 10 and we are venturing for Panama. So Panama is an amazing place and more specifically if you look at its location it's got phenomenal biodiversity due to the bordering bridge between North America and South America. The only place capital city in the world with a rainforest in its boundary. So today we're going to look at the biodiversity within Panama City, butterfly sanctuaries, um, the Panama Canal, an outstanding construction which has revolutionized transporting ships all around the world and also a very important thing to consider is pollinators. So this week we're going to look at that environmentally. And the reason pollinators are such an important topic now more than ever is because they are actually the backbone of food crops. And I don't think many people understand the importance of bees, butterflies, bats, you know, like we need all of these species to secure global food supplies, you know, because in the long run, we're going to face devastating consequences if they go into decline. But as I always say, look, if we educate ourselves now, we get on top of things now, we can create a future where we have global food security. And we can all learn about today how we can preserve and promote an upward growth of pollinators. Okay, guys, so let's get going. Last week, we were in Costa Rica and I spoke to you a bit about the amazing biodiversity there due to its location and the protected rainforests and also the influx of US um, culture I suppose and it actually is a little bit similar in Panama as well because they use the dollar there and it's quite heavily developed the country especially Panama City obviously the coastal areas would be more like you know local and more culturally strong I suppose in Panamanian culture but Panama City definitely was a huge shock for me and I'll never forget arriving in there because I felt so out of place um we had stopped in one town before hitting Panama City so we crossed the border from Costa Rica to Panama we changed currency we went along in the camper van and we had to stop off on a surf town on the Pacific coast it was very beautiful and we just packed up the van in the front garden of the hostel and we slept in the van that night and it was lovely like getting up at the the break of dawn and going out walking the the beach the pacific coast absolutely stunning and i did some surfing that morning before getting on the road again you know because sitting in the car for eight or nine hours again i was like i'm getting down for my surf and swim and movement before we sit down again for the day and it was amazing it was quiet it was peaceful and again, they had actually been struck by low visitors because it was so near the Costa Rican border. And I suppose at that time, Nicaragua, the end of Central America, we'll say the countries towards South America, they were facing, you know, a decrease as well in tourists. Because if people are up the north part of Central America, to get down, you would have to get a plane and planes are expensive, you know, so I guess they were affected as well. But I mean, for me, it was amazing because the places were so quiet and I love that. I love that. 
Um, but obviously for locals, it's not good because tourism, like that's what they live off. So we stopped in the surf town and then the next morning we went on for Panama City. And I'll never forget driving into the city and seeing all the skyscrapers and big buildings and cars and fancy cars at that. I was like, whoa, there's no tuk-tuks here. And for me, it was like really shocking to come into the city because I was so used to tuk-tuks and dusty path roads and walking around in your bare feet. And that's the way I had lived, you know, for six months or more. And it was really weird because I was like, oh God, what do I have in my backpack that I can wear around this city? I just wasn't used to the cityscape at all. And, you know, when you think about the human mind, like it takes the human mind, is it between like seven and 21 days for a habit? So like for me, I was already six or seven months living that way. And I had to adjust fairly swiftly getting into the city and I remember we arrived at the hostel and it was lovely. It was amazing. And a lot of them are like rooftop hostels, you know, with swimming pools and quite fancy, to be honest. I remember looking in my bag for things to wear and I was like, oh God, like, what am I going to wear? Because again, like, you know, on the coastal places, you'd wear, you know, shorts, skirt, bikinis. You mightn't even wear shoes. And then going in there, I was like, OK, because like when you get into the cities, you can't people don't really walk around like kind of with less clothing I should say do you know and I made that mistake in Mexico City walking around in shorts like everybody was staring at me and my friends would be like hey you can only wear those at the coast don't wear them in the cities you know it's just not as common I suppose um so yeah just to not draw attention on yourself you just cover up so anybody going traveling now and I said it to a girl this week she's gone off to Mexico I said make sure you bring the pants like, you know, a light pants, a linen pants or the yogi pants or something because you need it, like, you know. So anyway, my time in Panama City was spent doing activities within the city boundaries. So I went to visit the Metropolitan Park, which had a ton of species of butterfly. I went out one night to kind of like a salsa gig. It was amazing and completely, yeah, it was completely like... A different kind of experience because it was so like fancy if you get me I wasn't used to that at all like you know we had to put on nice shoes and dresses and put on makeup and I was like who am I um I also took a trip to the apple store there because I was looking for a usb lead which was very strange to go to a a big kind of um mall I suppose and walk down the mall and look at all the, the stores and it was actually very near Christmas time as well when I went there it was December so yeah it was really weird to see all the the, the commercialization and I, I was so almost like a culture shock as I told you it was a bit confusing because I was so in the mode of living just living life and then I was just struck with with culture and commercialization I suppose um so it was very strange and I guess that was a big thing throughout the trip you know the constant movement and culture shocks you know going from one place to the next from local to urban to different communities different ways of living different languages different commodities different ways of trading bartering just different ways of living in general and, and questioning all of that um 
and then like almost forgetting my own culture you know it, it was so strange and, and and that is something that has been I guess it was difficult for me when I came back um settling back in because I had questioned everything you know I questioned the way I lived the way society was built here and and what I had learned that I could incorporate into my life um and yeah I'm I'm a totally new person like I've been shed shed so many layers from that trip um but all my trips really you know going back all over the years and even when I went to Asia my first time I remember taking my first long haul flight it was 14 hours over to Singapore and like I was like if that wasn't a culture shock I don't know what was because I had only been in Europe up up until then and then I went over to Singapore and all around Asia and I was like holy moly these people live differently completely different values concepts and so crazy like but sure we might discuss Asia in another time let's stick to where we are Panama otherwise in Panama I went to visit the Panama Canal amazing construction I'll talk about that in a minute and again I'm going to talk about the pollinators because the sanctuary that I had visited in the city center was full of stunning amazing beautiful iridescent colorful species of butterflies so I went to visit the butterflies in the metropolitan national park and it is actually a wildlife refuge in the midst of the city and I just spent the whole day exploring, yeah, the forests within it, all the different butterflies and birds also. And just to give you a bit of a background on butterflies. So if you're new to maybe pollinators, so basically they would go and sit on plants, flowering plants, and they take out the nectar so it's like a sugary fruit drink for the butterfly. And while they take out the nectar, they also help transfer pollen from plant to plant. And they're essential because it helps to, it basically spreading genetic material. So it helps the plants to reproduce. Otherwise, you know, the plants may die out. And that's why pollinators are so important because if we lose bees, butterflies, you know, these insects that help to transport pollen were kind of screwed because 75% of global food crops are pollinated and that's a lot of crops. So if you think about your coffee, apples, avocados, you know, like we need pollinators for these plants to grow. And also regarding flowering plants so if you look at plants and you see their flowers they're kind of like their babies yeah it's it's kind of like looking at nature from a fresh perspective because I know we all walk around and we don't think twice about oh I wonder what the flower is or you know it's like it's trying to come back baby steps and look at nature again at first sight what is it actually doing and why is it so important the flowers are there for a reason you know like nature is so it's so clever it's so intelligent that like we all live in symbiosis with each other like the plant the flowering plant needs the pollinator and the pollinator needs the flowering plant you know they working they're working together for survival um and I suppose as well it's about do you remember 
in, a, in one of the first episodes, I talked about the coral reefs. That's just another example of a symbiotic relationship. The coral and the algae both mutually reside and both mutually benefit. So the coral provides a protected home and shelter for the algae, where the algae then will photosynthesize using waste products from the coral, again feeding back to the coral. So it's actually fascinating how when you understand how nature works between different animals and species and how they all yeah we're, we're all just helping each other along you know and sometimes we don't realize that you know we we often think oh we're separate from that but we're all benefiting from each other in one way or another or you know we could be invasive species as well destructing or you know like taking over environments but at the base level the foundation of the natural world you know and our planet earth like the system has been built for the survival of, well, you could say the fittest, but, you know, we're all benefiting each other, you know, and it's, it's, it's very fascinating when you realise that, that there's an amazing intelligent structure beneath all of this that we may not be aware of, we may not think about, and yeah, that's why I always say to people, you know, and I said it before in the other episode, look at the trees. Don't just walk past them and think, oh, that's a tree. You know, it's doing a very important job, as well as the algae in the ocean, as well as even, you know, networks under the earth. You may not even think about it. You could be walking along in a forest and you don't even look down, but there's a massive fungal network beneath your feet working to communicate between trees and mother trees and new you know, saplings, you know, the communication networks for growth. It's absolutely fascinating. So yeah, never underestimate how intelligent nature is. Let's have a look at the Metropolitan Park where all these amazing butterflies reside. So there's about 30 native species of butterfly in Panama, among many others. I think there is about 1800 or so species in total. And yeah, it was just a lovely escape from the, the city because it was really like engulfed in, in this beautiful rainforest that I could just escape and get back to the natural world. And I found that at times when I'd go into cities, I'd kind of look for that escape, that, that natural escape, because it's very, it's very foreign to me, the cement buildings. I don't feel, I don't feel myself in them, if you get me. But I went there and one of the species I took many photos of was the owl butterfly. And it is a very interesting butterfly because it has this eye on its wing. So the butterfly is a hind wing, actually has four wings, two hind and two forewings. And when you look at butterflies, you almost always notice the color scheme so stunningly beautiful but you also notice how they're adapted for their environment so this eye in particular it's called the owl butterfly because the eye the eye actually resembles the owl's eye and you know it's a way for deterring any predator that may be yeah looking for prey so it's very interesting and the eye is very captivating you know i was just staring at them for ages you know there was three or four of them on a, on a flower and I was just like mesmerized by their beauty. I think they're actually nocturnal. So yeah, it was very, very interesting to watch them all together and, and see the eye. It was very cool. Another species which I am fascinated with is the blue morpho. Um, they're the largest butterfly 
and can can actually have a wingspan up to eight inches like that's massive and they're so beautiful they have these big blue well it appears as blue the wings um but when they fly like you almost can't capture it like I, i've tried i don't know how many times to capture on camera and they're so fast they're so fast it's just like wow i can't capture it but the blue is mostly apparent on the males the females are more like a neutral color brown and yellow and more like camouflage but the blue is very um striking i think that's why i love it so much it's like seeing this magical blue thing going around um but it's, it's so beautiful and um apparently really it's actually not blue it's iridescent so it's actually refracting light so yeah it's crazy how in nature a lot of things appear to be one color but but actually maybe it's not it's just the way the light has been captured and they were saying as well how the blue actually is a way for mates well the males to rival with each other so the bluer the male the the more powerful he is and actually this goes across species as well because when i was in the galapagos we visited the site where you could find basically the most blue-footed boobies it's a it's a very beautiful bird and his feet are bright blue absolutely stunning and they said the same thing like the bluer the feet the more attractive the male so you find that in nature as well with colors that they're very powerful and they actually hold a lot of significance in terms of aesthetics and beauty and reproduction and yeah so i spent most of my time wandering the beautiful forest observing the species and yeah like a lot of them were just resting on the the leaves and in, in the midday sun just capturing all that that warm sunlight because they use that to heat up their bodies their cold blood yeah into warm blood so it's very interesting and a good tip for you this week could be to have a look at your garden you know have you got pollinating plants you know that are good for pollinators and maybe if you don't maybe the next time you go visit the garden center or your local shop you could see if there's any specific plant you could buy for butterflies or bees and you know different plants attract different species so yeah it's good thing to know about our future and the crops really depend on pollinators i mean if we didn't have them we'd be really down on on i suppose a variety of foods you know obviously we'd have rice potatoes wheat <laughs> i don't know if you love them foods but i, I really like fruits and all that so i mean I, I want to keep pollinators for sure but it's a good thing to think about and there are also projects in Ireland you can look up online like the pollinator plan and you can have a look at you know wildflower seeds and yeah do you know get those seeds into the garden and attract your butterflies and bees and I mean what's more lovelier than looking out your window and seeing butterflies I mean aren't they just stunning like for me anyway they're just amazing so next up in Panama City I went to visit the Panama Canal and you know, for me, you already know me, I'm all about the natural world, but I was very, very intrigued by this construction because they've built literally a barrier system of locks and bridges between the Pacific coast and the Atlantic coast to allow ships to get through. And it's just so interesting. 
I just I remember being there like at the top deck of the museum like looking down and watching these huge ships come in and then all the different gates and barriers opening to allow it in and out because the gates and the locks they would push the ship up so many feet to, yeah to allow it to progress basically so if anybody isn't familiar with the canal it basically it's been in operation since like the early I think 1914 or something yeah so it's quite a long time over a hundred and something years um but like it basically was you know a huge revolution because like ships used to have to go to the south of south america to get around we'll say from east um east u.s to west u.s or ships going from europe to asia they can just go down to panama cross through the canal easily swiftly and there you go Something we learned about as well, like tolls, like imagine you're you're on a toll and you're paying your two euros or whatever it is, like the tolls on these ships. Oh, my God. Like these people have money like one. The, I think I think the largest toll paid was about four hundred fifty thousand. Like, sorry. <laughs> imagine imagine paying a toll that size. Like, come on. Let's. Oh, my God. Like, I couldn't believe it. But anyway um i had a great time at the museum and watching the ships come in at the time there was a ship uh, i think it was from singapore so that was really interesting and it's just amazing to observe the men and their jobs and yeah like the what they were doing on the ship transporting huge cargo all across the world and just looking at the big voyage they had ahead you know all the way back over to asia crazy crazy so it takes the ships about 10 hours to get through the canal and they actually have to hire um, a canal kind of pilot so he comes out and he drives the ship through um so yeah it's very interesting and they had like their millionth ship pass through there um in 2010 so yeah there's been a lot of ships passed through and it's really changed the way transport is done across the globe. The canal is actually 40 miles long, which is huge. And when you think of the construction, like imagine that, 40 miles. And 25,000 people died actually during the construction. So yeah, it's pretty horrific when you think about that. Um, but yeah, absolutely fascinating to watch it and explore it and I had the chance to see an actual ship within the locks and barriers and the system and yeah it was incredible to see that just to arrive at the right time and I took a really cool time lapse as well from the top room of the museum overlooking it so that was really really cool. The rest of my time in Panama City I kind of did a lot of uh, exploring just in the streets and just spending the last few moments with the camper van gang so it was quite fun we were kind of saying our goodbyes and you know we we did a lot of I suppose fancy style backpacking kind of activities that I wouldn't have been doing all along you know like we went out for sushi and oh that was amazing I'll never forget eating the sushi after eating for you know six or seven months off the streets and not off the streets but you know like kind of like street food yeah or cheapish food like I went into like a proper sushi restaurant so it was really different to change up the whole scene go back into being I guess kind of like home in one way 
and we also had a salsa night which was very fun and we paid a lot of money to get into the salsa club I think we paid like a hundred dollars each or something it was it was crazy but like there was loads of stuff included in it so we were on like the top um the top of a skyscraper kind of building it was very very like up upbeat and modern and fancy and yeah all stylish so you know wearing your best clothes and you know we had bottles of different things included and salsa and musicians for the whole night so it's incredible and the views across Panama like oh my god the city was incredible it was insane it was amazing so it was very different from the top bunk of my dorm room you know to be up on this fancy restaurant overlooking the whole city um yeah absolutely incredible and we also did some exploring in the old streets so a lot of old colonial architecture as well so that was really cool and yeah I guess exploring again what it meant to be from a western culture I guess it allowed me to delve back into that which was interesting and Another thing I did in Panama, which I would like to do on the next episode because I didn't want to include it today because I think there's just too much and it's just too unique and too beautiful to kind of squeeze into this episode. But I went exploring the San Blas Islands and their group of islands off the east coast of Panama. And that's how I got to Colombia, actually, by kind of going through those islands. But I didn't want to do it today because I wanted to keep it as a little a special episode where we can look at those islands and how unique they are and how unique the culture is there. They have their own system of ruling within them. So it's very interesting. So we'll do that the next time. For today, I suppose my environmental kind of tips would be to look at pollinators and what kind of um, pollinating plants you have for this year in Ireland. We have a third of bees actually facing extinction. And then we have 18% of butterflies facing extinction on the red list. So, you know, they are progressively on decline year on year. And it is so important that we cease this decline and kind of stabilize it. Well, the most desirable thing would be to, to actually have growth, to have them go up in numbers. But I guess it's just the way, like our agricultural land practices are as well regarding herbicides pesticides you know we're destroying their environments you know we're killing off the plants that they need to get to and in turn both are suffering so if we can kind of limit our use of herbicides uh, insecticides all of this kind of stuff if we can you know, go out, get the seeds, plant actually pollinator plants ourselves and help them, you know, help them to grow. And as well, as I mentioned earlier, like a large proportion, up to 90% of flowering plants depend on the pollinator coming and cross-pollinating, you know. So like, you know, just to give you an insight, like the wind can be beneficial in some cases where the wind will actually push the pollen onto another plant species we'll say but like it's not ideal because it needs to get right down into the kind of like the interior of the the flower like where the ovary will say of the flower is and that's not easy with the wind so like the pollinate we need the pollinators um 
um, they help to reproduce, to help the plants to reproduce and transfer that genetic material. So yeah, I hope you can understand it a bit better. I know at times it's like there's so much going on in the world regarding kind of saving the planet and saving biodiversity, but I always think if we can just do it in small steps. Um, so like this year, you know, or this month, you could have a look at maybe getting a plant that would benefit pollinators, you know? And just becoming a bit more aware of it. Like you can also log a species that you kind of uh, observe out in nature to help, um, yeah, species logs and um, declines and whatnot. Uh, I actually did some work a few years back with the Irish Wildlife Trust and we did like a lot of pollinator surveyings and it was really interesting because it helped me to understand you know all about moths even and butterflies and yeah it was great uh it was great um to learn about that because half the time you could be walking outside and you don't know what's going on but you can be assured that like it's all for your survival for our survival as a, as a species as a whole you know it's all it's all working for us you know it's not against us and that's what we need to understand with nature you know it's working for us and you know I don't want to run out of beautiful um I suppose crops or or coffee or any of those things like I, I would love for us to keep that and yeah also keep the livelihoods of the people of those um plants safe you know like uh, climate justice and all that you know how many populations around the world are dependent on the food supplies and food sales of these sorts of crops you know can you imagine if avocados couldn't be sold or coffee or you know like you have to kind of envision all these things to the future because if we don't take care of it now we risk you know global food security so yeah, it's just something important to note. Again, I don't want people to feel overwhelmed with it all. For now, just, you know, when you go outside in the beautiful sunlight, take a look. Notice the butterflies. Notice the bees. Notice the honeybees. You know, that's where the saying, you know, busy as a bee comes from. Because the bees are so, oh, they're such good workers. Like, one honeybee can actually go out and go into 7,000 flowers in one day. Like, how incredible is that? How incredible is that? Really think about it. Like, that is magic work. And, like, that's how busy bees are. <laughs> because they're so busy pollinating and, you know, transferring the pollen. Um, so it's incredible. And actually, another thing actually just came into my mind. We made, actually, beehives years ago um, in uh, Fota in County Cork <laughs> and yeah it was a lovely day out and we got to build the actual the hives ourselves so it was, it was really interesting uh, to learn about bees and how they work um, but yeah it's another world out there what bees are doing it's completely it's fascinating absolutely fascinating I hope you enjoyed today's episode remember to get out into the natural world that is where you're from and just remember how clever it all is you know it's so clever and you look at um the butterflies well to be honest 
Um, I'm not really seeing many around now because they really do need a lot of warm sunlight to come out. Um, so yeah, just be observational about what's going on with the plants and the flowering plants. Um, as we're coming into spring now and then into summer, so you're going to see a lot more activity going on. And yeah, so that's all I would say to you. And have a look into pollinator plants. And you can also look at for maybe the summer, you can log species. And it's so cool to, you can actually print out like, well, you can put it on your phone, whatever you like, um, you know, species logs and observe them and learn about them. And as well, I suppose I should give you an update about my seedlings. Um, this morning I actually checked the tunnel and the tomatoes, the seedlings are up, the beetroot, the seedlings are up. And also my beans are flying it. Like beans are so good to grow in Ireland. Like they're literally, they're so strong. I'm just like, wow. Um, so again, you know, like the plants are adapted for their environments. Like the beans grow really well here. Um, whereas like, you know, the tomatoes, cucumbers, the peppers, they take a little bit more time and yeah, they're a bit more delicate. So they really need warm, warmer weather. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. And I'm happy to share that with you um, because I think, you know, if we can see that it's, it's not all that hard, that we can kind of take small steps and learn to look after the nature together. And actually something from yesterday uh, was really funny. I was shopping um, and obviously in winter I shop more in supermarkets because there's not as much growth with the produce. And it was so funny because the girl says to me at the counter, wow a very healthy shop and I was like hmm like obviously she just made a statement but she didn't that's all she said and I said yeah that's my diet <laughs> but like it was just funny because I was thinking like okay like she obviously everybody else or maybe the majority of customers that are coming to her are not buying a shop like mine which you know is predominantly I guess healthy you know like vegetables fruits stuff that looks like real food um and then some other bits but yeah it just it uh it appeared to me that obviously my shop is not the norm and it appeared to me that perhaps people are eating very unhealthily and like that's not good you know because everything is assimilated by every single cell in your body so you know healthy body healthy mind so guys as a whole panama is absolutely an incredibly biodiverse country they actually call it the biological corridor because it's the bridging gap between north and south america so it's it's kind of like you know costa rica's above it but it's it's phenomenal you know in terms of biodiversity and plants species fungi you know it's incredible um so yeah and i didn't even discuss with you the coastal islands on the caribbean side but i will do um because as i said they deserve their own episode um and yeah and i'm excited to take you there but I hope you enjoyed. Stay well, stay happy, get out into nature. And as always, I'm going to say thank you to my patrons who are supporting the work of the podcast. I am thoroughly grateful. And, you know, if you can give, I guess it's like offering me a coffee or offering me a slice of cake, whatever you want to think about it. And it will allow me to continue this work and continue educating and sharing about the world it's important that humanity understands the importance of 
our place in the world and in nature. I wish you all an absolutely beautiful day or night wherever you're listening to this and yeah have an amazing week ahead keep up those positive vibes stay optimistic remember chaos always leads to calm have a gorgeous gorgeous day ciao